Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Hello and welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode number 120. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Sim Ahmed. Welcome along, Sim. Good to have you here. Good to be here, Paul. To start with, we've got some pretty uh, pretty sad news that I guess uh, everyone's probably heard about in, um, on the radio and, and, and TV and, and all the online sort of news sources over the weekend. But uh, yeah, re- really, um, really saddening to hear of um, Two Degrees CEO and his, uh, and his wife who uh, disappeared in their plane over the weekend. Yeah, so on Saturday, uh, it's what's come to light is uh, Eric Hertz, Two Degrees CEO, was flying down to Timaru from Ardmore Air Base on his uh, personal plane. Uh, he's a quite an avid flyer. He, took, he was with his wife, and near uh, Kafia, the plane crashed uh, into the water. Uh, right now, there's there was wreckage at the scene. This was uh, on Saturday afternoon, and from there, it's emerged that uh, it's likely the two bodies are at the bottom of the ocean, uh, bottom of the sea, right now. Which yeah, is very that, sad. Yeah, there. they yeah. haven't been able to r- recover him or, or his wife, Catherine, at this stage. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my thoughts and feelings up to his family and also the Two Degrees family who mm, are probably listening as well. It's probably been a rough week. Uh, th- today it's been named that uh, Chairman Stuart Sheriff has been uh, appointed as the interim CEO. Um, uh, and we'll probably look into the future to find out who will be the permanent CEO of the company. Yeah, he's the chairman of the board for two degrees, isn't yes. he? So he's uh, he's sort of stepping into that role, uh, and he's performed similar roles in uh, you know CEO type uh, uh, roles and major sort of management roles within other telcos in the past. So um, you know, I guess we'd like to think that he will he'll carry on the good work that uh, that that Eric continued in the meantime, uh, while they you know decide how to uh, you know how to handle that on a on a longer term basis, but. Uh, um, you know, I think probably that's the furthest thing from a lot of people's minds at the moment. But uh, you know, still important that the, that the business is, uh, is is kept in good shape. Yeah, there are around seven hundred employees working for Two Degrees, and uh, it's good to know that there's a continuity plan. There's some something going on to keep the business moving. And uh, like you said, while it's sad, there are seven hundred other families also that are looking to find out what to do next and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully everything gets sorted out there so they can keep on disrupting New Zealand Telco and uh, bring things like shared data and uh, bigger data caps t- to New Zealand uh, mobile. Definitely and you know something we commented on in the past is you know they, they have certainly uh, brought brought some uh, innovation into the Telco uh, mobile sort of telecommunication space here in New Zealand uh, which is a good thing and uh, yeah certainly uh, having them them come in has um, has helped to sort of drive down uh, prices for for business and consumers so uh, pretty uh, pretty cool thing and we're um, they're actually one of the in fact we've got all three of the major telcos that have contributed to the uh, the giveaway that we're uh, uh, that we're launching shortly so uh, I'll I'll jump back into that I've just got a note a really strange segue we go from uh, the sad passing of Eric Hertz into a prize giveaway I think that's kind of cool though uh, from bad news to good news uh, life goes on it does indeed um, now other uh, other bits and pieces going on. Uh, last week we, we mentioned having the new um, Galaxy Note 2, the 4G variant of that here. Um, 
and we didn't have a chance to have a bit of much of a, a play with it on uh, we, we, what we wanted to do because the Note Two's been around for a few months now, um, and and it's and it's a pretty uh, pretty cool phone I've got to say, uh, but the the, the standout uh, point about this new one was it was the four G model. So Sim and I just ran it through a uh, a speed test a few minutes ago. Uh, we're going to run another one now as well. Um, and the speed test it got, we were actually we were looking at it and feeling a, somewhat hard done by because the speed it got was uh, fourteen and a half uh, megabits. I think you were feeling hard done okay, by. Okay, I was someone who lives out west and gets what seven megabits if he's lucky down and about one up if in, as on, on your day. home internet yeah, connection. Yeah, home, well, home, well, yeah. I guess I was thinking of the theoretical speeds that we have seen on four G. Now, I'll note that I've got uh, where we are in the office here. We're getting. Uh, Two, uh, two bars on four of a four G signal, so it's not up at the top end. Uh, but in that test that that we ran, we got about fourteen and a half megs uh, down, and about four and a half uh, megabits, and uh, about four and a half megabits uh, upload speed. Now, yeah, that was when we got into the the discussion around actually compared to most um, home broadband connections, that's actually a really snappy speed. And I've just run the test again, and we've just hit. Um, um, on that on that two bar signal, twenty megabits down and uh, four and a half um, megabits up. So uh, yeah, still uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty snappy speeds. And I guess this is uh, this is what we'll all get used to over the over the coming years as as four G becomes standard across all the mobile carriers. And you know we would expect certainly uh, by this time next year for Vodafone to have really really strong um, you know coverage in all of the, the main uh, main areas and a lot of the smaller centres and uh, you know hopefully that telecom and, and two degrees will have uh, um, got their their 4g LTE in place and have a, a you know fairly reasonable amount of coverage by then but at this stage it's certainly uh, Vodafone that are uh, that are leading the charge uh, being the only network to have launched uh, 4g LTE in New Zealand so um, yeah nice to see that now there's actually a bunch of handsets now that can do the uh, the LTE the 4g um, the note 2 obviously being being uh, one of them we've got uh, the new handsets coming through uh, the new Sony Xperia Z uh, and also the Galaxy S4, well. the, the iPhone 5. Yes. iPad mini, uh, um, 4G. iPad mini, and what's the other one we've got here? The uh, HTC, HTC. I believe um, you're giving that away also. Windows Phone 8X, which is sitting here uh, somewhere, uh, which, which we might be giving away actually, so um, that would be very nice. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a there's a bunch of uh, uh, yeah, certainly a bunch of handsets now that can already take advantage of those sort of top end uh, top end speeds. Uh, but that was our little bit of feedback on the note too. Uh, now let's uh, let's jump into um, what's happened between uh, well with Telstra Clear and uh, and Vodafone in the last really in the last twenty four hours. Um, Telstra Clear is kind of disappeared off the landscape yeah it's now trading as vodafone uh, we knew this from last year when uh, vodafone first made uh it's uh courting gestures towards telstra clear we had the press conference in town uh it was quite hastily uh, drawn together and i think the figure was uh 840 million dollars for uh telstra clear and its customers and strategically Tel- uh, telstra's uh landline infrastructure and uh customers on its landline products but that's brought up a couple of interesting dilemmas today with the uh, announcement that tel- uh, Vodafone is going to be offering discounts to its new cable uh, products c- customers, um, which could 
end up uh, saving new customers up to 30% on their uh, data cap prices and stuff. Yeah, uh, some pretty some pretty sharp pricing there, I guess. And, you know, you look at, um, you know, the situation at the moment, and uh, Telstra Clear have had this cable network that's only been sold by Telstra Clear in the past. Suddenly, um, you know, with, with the Vodafone acquisition, I think they're, um, you know, there's, there's a, a bigger brand, you know, in total now behind it and able to sell it. Uh, and they want to get out and do that aggressively, but uh, it's upset one or two existing customers. Yeah, so there's about 80,000 cable customers in Wellington and Christchurch, and uh, with Vodafone trying to expand its customer base for this product, they're trying to entice people to come in. To me, this doesn't seem like a uh, evil ploy of any sort. This is just business tactic. You want to get new customers, you offer them a deal. And um, I guess for the people who are feeling hard done by, call up Vodafone, complain, talk to them, Somebody will put you on a cheaper plan because they'd rather have you on a cheaper plan than not on their plan at all if they can help it. So Absolutely. That's it's pretty standard sort of stuff, yeah, isn't it? standard. Yeah. I don't yeah. think there's any reason to really make a giant hubbub about it. Hubbub? Hubbub. Yeah. That's my two cents on this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm uh, I'm with you on that. That yeah, this is fairly normal sort of stuff. I know why people feel upset because they're saying, "Hey, you know, we're a loyal customer. We've been with you for X amount of years, and suddenly you're offering a better deal to someone else who hasn't had you know hasn't had that loyalty, etc." Uh, but yeah, usually you you pick up the phone, have a chat to them, and they'll uh, and they'll you know sort you out with 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 the special plans uh, as long as you're willing to sign up to the same term as a as a new customer, right? Here's my pro tip: if you are trying to do this. Be nice to the operator, and they will help you through it. That's always what I found. When I'm giving them good energy, they give good energy back. I've always had this. So don't get angry at them because you're thinking you're getting ripped off. Be nice. Get the deal done. Good tip. Good tip. A good rule to follow on the phone with any (laughs) customer service and so on. Um all right, so yeah, so Telstra Clear's gone now. They've still got their their website online. If you go to telstraclear.co.nz, there is a, a sort of a rebranded site. Uh, but what they're saying is, you know, that's more for existing customers that are managing uh, some of the existing services. If you're looking for uh, what the new offerings and products are, then go to the actual main Vodafone.co.nz website to uh, uh, to look those things up. Uh, we're hearing a few noises in the background that there will probably be some new offerings in the in the weeks ahead. Uh, so, you know, just just keep keep a lookout. And uh, yeah, I think. Um, Hopefully, this will be a positive, uh, positive thing for uh, certainly for existing customers of of Telstra and uh, and and Vodafone. So let's see, let's see how it goes. Now, Sim, do you have any sort of uh, picture on what impact you think this might have on the smaller, uh, you know, providers? Because now we've moved to a situation we had three pretty large uh, telcos in New Zealand. Uh, now we're um, and and excluding two degrees who are you know just in the mobile space, but um, you know three large um, telcos and internet providers. Now we're down to two really big ones, and then lots of of smaller ones at varying levels. Yeah. So what we used to have was uh, three top tier, let's call them uh, telcos and uh, small providers like the Orcons, the Call Plus, the other um, uh, landline uh, ISPs. Um, now with Telstra being absorbed by Vodafone, we're back to another duopoly of sorts. Um, what this means is less competition on that uh, portion, but we might actually see 
more competition in other areas because Vodafone now has a land, uh, better landline offerings against telecom. We might see telecom uh, competing again for their pricing to uh, match Vodafone. But what we need to see is uh, two degrees get into the landline game. That would be good, wouldn't it? I think that would be a really good natural progression. Now, whether it makes sense for them as a, as a business that's been purely focused on mobile, um, you know, maybe that would stretch them out you know, too far. Yeah, I say two reason it needs to get into the landline game, but I'm saying that like somebody who doesn't have a very big business sense on this matter, it's going to cost them a lot of money. They need to uh, invest. They need to uh, borrow more money from the likes of Huawei and things like that to uh, invest in that kind of infrastructure. It's not going to be an overnight game. But it was nice to see last year uh, at their one millionth customer uh, milestone event, uh, the late Eric Hertz said mm. they were looking at this as an option. That he hadn't confirmed or denied it, but he, he was saying it is an option. It is almost inevitable. And uh, I think it, it it will be somewhere that they need to be in the future in order, at least for New Zealand consumers, to get the best deal out of our landlines. Now, if we're going to see that in the next year or two years, I, I, I really don't think so. But um, hopefully we will in the future as more fiber starts rolling out and maybe two degrees can start buying into that a bit more yeah well that may make the uh, may make the picture a little bit simpler too as we get the ultra fast broadband uh, you know rolled out so it's good okay so we, we talked about a little bit of a giveaway let's jump into uh, discussing that now um, so this is in conjunction with our audience survey and one thing we've found is that um, different listeners are after something a little bit different uh, from us in terms of the podcast. So what, what, we're, um, what we're setting up is a little online uh, survey uh, that will, will be um, online at a similar time as the podcast, uh, this edition goes online. And we're just really keen to gauge everyone's feedback in terms of what they what they want from the podcast, maybe what they they dislike, and uh, that just helps us tailor it a little bit for the future. Now, of course, you're welcome to say, "Look, we like it exactly as it is," but if that's the case, we still want to hear from you. Otherwise, uh, if no one comes back with that, then uh, we'll be adjusting it based on uh, based on feedback and so on. So we encourage everyone to uh, uh, to. To get in and give their feedback, it's going to be a pretty quick and easy uh, survey to fill out, um, and and also um, a few sort of demographic type stats and so on uh, that are useful for us in terms of uh, working with the various companies that are releasing products. Uh, so you know we want to be able to encourage them to uh, to fire stuff to us first, uh, which we've been we've been very fortunate with. Uh, in the past with getting very early hands-on access to products and it's something the sort of feedback we've had uh, from listeners is that you like that we're we're very early and upfront we're talking about the newest uh, products sometimes it takes a little bit longer for those products to sort of you know be reviewed in full in other media but at least we're able to share a quick sort of hands-on uh, and I, I know there's certainly a proportion of our audience that loves to be the first to get access to the products so yeah I'm usually finding about the products from you guys first which is really unfortunate and uh, shame on all the people out there manufacturing things for not sending it to Idealog first <laughs> well you know you it's I mean there's plenty of room for uh, the detailed reviews and often we're pretty quick at sort of you know getting getting through products so where should um, the listeners go to, to uh, get um, so that will be on the NZ Tech Podcast uh, site so if you go to nztechpodcast.com uh, slash survey and there'll be a link from uh, 
from this episode, the episode notes as well. Um, you'll be able to find that and uh, and fill it out. So as I said, we encourage as, as many of you as possible to, to please fill that out. And as a little bit of an incentive, um, we have to give our appreciation back to um, first of all, Two Degrees, who have allowed us to share with the audience a very nice smartphone that they they've sent us for review. Um, so what what we've what we've done is we've twisted the the uh, the arms of each telco to um, to allow us to give away one of the um, one of the review devices that we've been looking at. So in the case of Two Degrees, that's the um, Google Nexus uh, Four. Uh, which is really their sort of flagship um, uh, Android handset. Runs the the very latest uh, build of Android. Um, it's manufactured by LG. Really nice handset. Uh, Some you've had a bit of a play with it. Yeah, with I was it just playing with it before. I'm looking at the screen and thinking, I need a bigger screen. Yeah, yeah. it's it's it is a really really cool phone. And one of the less known features about it is it does support the. Uh, Qi wireless charging standard Uh, so you can actually drop this onto a Qi uh, wireless charger uh, which aren't too many available in New Zealand at the moment Nokia uh, have one available and I think there's one or two others you can probably get online through Amazon and and the like Uh, but it does support that uh, wireless charging which is um, is actually really cool yeah, and I also see you've got um, some HTC phones to give away as well. Uh, we have one HTC one. phone yeah. um, here. Now, this is HTC. Now, this one is courtesy of Vodafone. Is We've got the um, HTC 8X, uh, which is a Windows phone. And this is one of probably the two sort of big flagship uh, Windows phones at the moment. At the moment. Uh, so Vodafone are doing this for, um, for 899 This is a pretty... Uh, pretty funky phone with a uh, high def uh, high def screen and dual core i think it's 1.5 gigahertz uh, chip in it and 16 gigs worth of uh, worth of storage yeah i've been using this phone for for um, quite a bit over the last few weeks and really enjoying it so uh, I kind of wish we didn't have to give this away, actually. <laughs> but you do. Uh, uh, it's a 4G phone as well, isn't it? Was that their 4G? Yeah, launch? yeah. So I've been running this on um, uh, 4G LTE on, on the Vodafone network. Um, and, yeah, it really races along. Um, and, of course, it's got a you know tethering option. So uh, you can take that 4G and, and share it with your um, you know other devices, laptops, tablets, etc. Um, so, yeah, uh, Pretty pretty cool device overall. So um, thank you to Vodafone uh, for facilitating that one and and um, HTC. Uh, and then from Telecom we have the uh, Nokia Lumia nine twenty, uh, which is really the the uh, their sort of flagship uh, Windows phone on the uh, on the Telecom network. Uh, that is a it's a pretty uh, pretty styly phone as well. Uh, comes in at nine hundred ninety nine. Um, and you've got uh, actually a, a um, similar sort of resolution screen to the HTC 8S, um, just fractionally higher. Uh, really cool 8.7 um, megapixel camera that shoots really well, even in low lighting uh, is, is situations. Is that with all the stabilization? Yeah, you've got the image stabilization for uh, for video. So th- yeah, that's I mean arguably sort of the best smartphone um, you know camera out in the market at the moment. Um, depending on what you what you do with it, um, certainly for that sort of low light stuff and the image stabilization, it really it really stands out. 
and uh, yeah, I guess that and the iPhone five are kind of the you know the two sort of top um, you know cameras really and smartphone cameras in the market at the moment. Uh, so yeah, so we've got those three f- phones. So um, thanks Two Degrees, uh, Vodafone, and and Telecom for uh, uh, for their support. And if you uh, if you jump in and do the survey, um, you will have a chance of picking up one of those phones as a little uh, as a little bit of a bonus. Uh, but um, even if you're not interested in a phone and you, you know you've got lots of phones and gadgets already, like Paul, um, we we would really appreciate you uh, uh, participating in 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 that survey because uh, it would really help us out to uh, you know to to understand a little bit more uh, about about you. So uh, yeah, thanks everyone for uh, for helping out on that one. Now, what else have we got to discuss? Some there was a. Um, a bit of an announcement uh, last Wednesday night, wasn't there? The um, the high tech New Zealand high tech awards uh, they've announced their uh, their finalists. Yes, yeah, so um, I think there were about a hundred and twenty companies that uh, entered this year, and uh, I th- there was a record hundred and eighty submissions, which is pretty interesting. Um, a lot of big companies that we probably hear about, um, zero. Uh, trying to find some more of them in here they are in here but my list is quite long but uh, these are companies that are exporting these are companies that are doing innovative things in the new zealand tech sector and these are high tech companies and uh what i find interesting in here is uh the three that are up for the uh price waterhouse cooper high tech company of the year uh buckley systems which is a um the microprocessor uh, uh, enabling uh, manufacturer uh, Serco and Zero, and uh, only last year Zero was in the uh, Tech Exporter of the Year under five million uh, category. And I remember uh, Rod Drury saying on the stage that uh, next year he was going to be in the over five million category, and he's going to be in the um, uh, the top category of the High Tech Company of the Year. And well, here, here he is. Here he is. Yeah. Uh, They're doing extremely well, aren't they? Yeah, and um, I, I guess they're at a market cap of $1.4 billion uh, on no profit, but uh, that's only going to you know, convince the naysayers here. Um, but yeah, it, it's always great to see this, and uh, the event, uh, the actual awards dinner will be held, uh, I think it's later this month, so um, it's going to be exciting to see and celebrate New Zealand tech companies like this. Yeah, oh, it's. I mean, it's 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 great to see uh, you know so much innovation going on, uh, you know, within New Zealand in the technology space. And I think, you know, if we look to New Zealand's uh, you know future as a country and and where we need to do well for our economy uh, to do well, uh, then you know the tech sector and in all its various you know forms from. Uh, uh, you know, computer gaming to uh, you know, companies like uh, uh, like Zero with with their online accounting software, um, and Raycon, and you know, there's so many different sort of uh, I guess possibilities around technology. Uh, but we need to do really well in the in these spaces. We're not going to be a country that uh, probably manufactures a whole lot of stuff uh, in terms of physical goods going forward. Uh, but you know, from a technological perspective, I think uh, you know we've got some good uh, good thinkers here, and we should be able to do well. So uh, yeah, this is, this is and that that shows in uh, some of the category finalists for the uh, NZ Venture Investment Fund High Tech Pre Commercialization Company of the Year. That's a hard category to say in one go, but basically, it's the category for uh, businesses that are bef- uh, just before getting into uh, major commercialization, major money rolling in, and the companies like Timely. 
uh, for, uh, and Trigger Happy and uh, Sensegrid and Performance Labs. We hear about them all the time and things like Idealog and Unlimited. It's just great to see them out in a, a bigger, wider open field of uh, uh, companies and hopefully even more spotlight on them in the future. Absolutely. So, if anyone wants to have a have a look at that, you can. There, there's a bunch of info up on the um, High Tech Awards website, uh, but also um, you guys at Idealog have uh, have have put together a sort of a rundown. Yeah, um, and, um, on a lot of one companies. has a bit of a bit of uh, some links going back to the stories we've written about them before they got. Yeah, because you guys have written quite a bit about you know a whole bunch of these companies. I feel the, bad for over every company that's up against one of our like alumni because they're <laughs> so good because we know they're good because yeah. we wrote about them. Fair enough. Okay. Well, that's um, yeah. No, it's it's good to see. So definitely, definitely worth checking out. And um, you know, all the best to all those that have got through into the finals. Uh, and you know, yeah, great, great to see, um, great to see this going on. And and congrats too to any all those that have actually uh, entered for uh, for getting in there and giving it a go. And the number of entries is, is an indicator of uh, you know of just uh, you know how well we are doing uh, in this space. I think it's it's a good thing. All right, now um, TV3 have had um, had a little bit of sort of extra uh, attention. Uh, my good friends at TV3, <laughs> um, everyone probably knows my association. They're doing uh, uh, you know tech commentary for them from uh, from time to time. But that, that um, was a good disclosure there. <laughs> Very good disclosure. Um, but they've run into a little bit of a problem with. Um, how they uh, how they share their their um, their programs around, right? Their uh, mobile app has run into some security issues. Uh, not their mobile app, their actual website. So TV3 has uh, on-demand content, just like TV Hinset does. Um, it offers a smaller uh, catalog of videos for mobile devices through a mobile web browser like Safari on the iPad and iPhone. Uh, on Thursday, a, uh, the CTO of Future Tech Labs, who's an app developer himself and somebody who's working on a similar project, uh, looking for an on-demand service for his own company, uh, went around looking for uh, vulnerabilities in other sites to uh, take back to his own company and fix. Right, right. And he came across TV3's uh, on-demand service, which allows you to actually download the video from their on-demand library. Now, why this is bad is a lot of these videos are region-locked. TV3 has the license to uh, distribute and uh, show the content in New Zealand. But in return, it has to be able to promise that the videos won't be downloaded uh, without their control and won't spread around to other regions where uh, the producers would have other region deals. So this makes TV3 look very bad and puts them in a position of um, having to... uh, show that they can indeed secure their content. Um, I've been talking to a few boffins and uh, developers uh, that work on uh, on on-demand content. Uh, They don't want to be named, unfortunately. But uh, what they've told me is uh, the system that's being used by TV3 in this instance is called HTTP Live Streaming. And uh, it's an HTML video format, uh, streaming format. And unfortunately, HTML5 video doesn't have uh, inbuilt digital rights management, DRM. Uh, so it, use, it has to um, encrypt the stream and send an encryption key to the client on the other end. Now, if you spoof the client and say that uh, I have an iOS device, it will then uh, send you that cl- client key and you can download the file. Uh, or you can do that even on your device using an app like a downloader 
video plus 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 which is mm-hmm. what uh, was used by uh, Scott Judson from uh, Future Tech Labs so um, I did the same thing on Thursday and I was able to download about two minutes of the world's deadliest roads I think that's the video I tried to download. oh okay yeah. yeah and then my network kicked out and yeah so um, over the weekend TV3 actually shut down they this pulled, service they pulled it yeah, yeah uh, okay. right now you can only view videos that are uh, either produced by TV3 or they have uh, more uh, favorable licenses to work around with. Uh, a representative for TV3 did say that uh, a fix should be up either today or tomorrow, uh, but they weren't really clear about what this fix would be because if it's another HTML5 video format, it's there's going to be uh, problems. May have, may have the same issue. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. So um, I, I do want to point out that um, I tried the same thing on TVNZ. The reason it didn't work there is TVNZ uses a Flash player, and Flash has DRM built in, and you can't really access it from uh, iOS devices. So um, I guess the ball's in TV3 and MediaWorks' court right now to do something before they look bad mm, or worse. Mm, mm. Yeah, I guess this is uh, this is an ongoing uh, challenge, and uh, you know, once you work out one way to lock things down, someone will find another way to... Uh, uh, to get in there and grab it too, right? Yeah, uh, but I do want to point out this wasn't a hack, and uh, I use the word breach. But uh, now mm. that I'm looking, thinking about it, it's not even really a breach. It's just a vulnerability that somebody managed to take a look at, and it, it wasn't an attack or anything. Uh, from what we can tell, the person was really just trying to research what was going on. And TV3 hasn't even confirmed if it was this incident or if there was a separate incident that caused it. But it's all up in the air until they say something official. Mm. Uh, now, um, a lot of sort of um, news around our uh, telcos this week, but um, telecom, of course, have uh, have launched their ultra-fast uh, broadband into the market, uh, and they've also announced some um, some job cuts as well. So a, a busy week at uh, at telecom, uh, no doubt putting putting a fair amount of pressure on. Uh, on on staff knowing that there are um there's they're they're expecting uh something in the range of about 1200 yeah 1230 um, yeah, jobs uh, yeah. between 930 and 1230 yeah to uh to to be cut um in in the next uh their next round have you got any sort of pick um on what sort of uh you know what sort of roles that they're going to be uh, that they're going to be cutting they don't, they don't seem to yeah, for for obvious reasons, they don't haven't shared all the all the info yet um, through yes. your your contacts. So I've been talking to someone at Telecom, their um, uh, corporate affairs manager, um, Andrew Piri, and uh, he says that it'll be mostly middle management and corporate staff that are affected. Uh, and there's a reason for that. Um, Telecom has about two thousand eight hundred and seventy employees that are earning six figure salaries. That's pretty insane considering that Vodafone has in total about 2,700 now with the uh, Telstra Clear acquisition. Mm. So there's a lot of top uh, top weight in the company. It's mm. top heavy. Mm. And um, I guess that, that would be in the middle management roles, people who've seniored into these salaries over the last 10, 20 years at Telecom and before that, uh, Nissan Post and things like that. Mm. So uh, and that's where it seems to be coming from. Um, Piri hasn't told me if it's uh, like which departments will be affected, uh, and I guess that makes sense. They probably need to go and talk to the different department heads and the workers inside of Telecom before they come out and tell the rest of the world what's happening. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's uh, that's pretty huge. But I think 
Yeah, and and in the scheme of it, uh, you know, telecom, if they're going to, uh, you know, if they're going to stick around and, and be a, a profitable business, uh, you know, they've got to look at where their where their cost structures are and uh, make sure those things are, are kept in balance, right? Yeah. And, uh, the, the problem with incumbent monopolies and uh, which telecom was at one point and mm-hmm. uh, large telcos is they grow too big for their own breaches, uh, mm. and that's kind of what happened to telecom. And uh, I was talking to. Uh, Tuan's head, Paul Brislin, and he was saying it's very sad that these workers are going to lose their jobs and they'll probably have a tough time finding jobs mm, in the current environment. Is, yeah. But it might be a necessary evil in order to t- for telecom to kind of come out and start doing things with more agility and uh, have much quicker turnarounds for innovation. Like we saw with the 4G announcement and how they were pipped at the post by Vodafone, maybe if they had a leaner structure, leaner uh, bureaucracy within the telco, they'd be able to come out with these things faster and respond more quickly. Um, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You think, oh, more people, uh, they can get more done quicker. But, yeah, sometimes the extra layers actually really slow slow the process down, which which I guess takes us across to talking about their, um, their ultra-fast broadband uh, announcement last week. And so, uh, you know, Telecom are the first of the, well, what were the top three, now the, the, the top two uh, uh, or tier one uh, telcos to move into uh, offering uh, ultra-fast broadband uh, in New Zealand, the um, the fiber optic uh, based internet connectivity. Now, with with that announcement uh, last week, they've uh, they've shared plans uh, for businesses, schools, and uh, and residential users, uh, and a, a number of plans there. Um, did, did, what were your thoughts on, on that, Sim, in terms of just how competitive uh, those plans were? It didn't look as though they're... Uh, they're um, there was nothing that they're, shook They're trying my to world. be the, sort of the, the, the sharpest. The no. school plans, though, stood out to me as being, uh, as being pretty cool. Yeah, it was very interesting. It's $129 per month for the top-tier fiber service, which is uh, 100 uh, megabits per second down and uh, 50 up. Uh, uh, no, that was for uh, thirty megabits uh, up and down. Actually, sorry, uh, was a, was one hundred and twenty nine dollars. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's thirty thirty on the school plan. Yeah, they've oh. they've got three school plans. So they've got a. Um, I'm just looking here where we've put the prices online at ufb.org.nz, which was just an extension of our um, our UFB information page on originally on the NZ Tech Podcast site. So if anyone's interested in uh, checking those out, I'm hoping that we've got all of these right, but I think they are. Um, so for the schools, they've got three plans, and all of them are unlimited, uh, which is a really nice thing for a you know for a school not to have to worry about you know how much their kids um, and and uh, um, staff and, and teachers need to actually download. Uh, so they've got a, a 30 megabit up and down plan for 129 dollars plus GST, a 50 megabits uh, up and down plan for. 159 plus GST, and then the the top, um, you know, general UFB uh, speed um, for their point to point service, which is 100 megabits up and down, and that's 249 dollars plus uh, plus GST. So, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty sort of uh, sharp pricing for, for the schools uh, yes. for, for an unlimited plan. 
and also for you know bearing in mind this is telecom and what we generally expect from from our biggest carriers is that they're not going to run into issues in terms of delivering um, you know very very close to those um, you know to the speed that that uh, fiber optic uh, you know, uh, is capable of. So, you know, I expect that people will get very, very good results out of those. Were you as impressed with the residential pricing? Yeah, the, I mean, the residential, and this, and this is, where, you know, we were talking about their agility and so on. There are a couple of things that stood out to me with the business plans and the residential plans. Um, one, yeah, they're not as sharp as what we're seeing with, with um, some of the, the smaller uh, providers such as uh, such as Orcon in terms of pricing. Uh, but the other unusual, uh, there, were, there were a couple of unusual things. One is that um, all of the other internet providers at this stage are offering uh, a phone call service that um, that operates over the new UFB or over over the uh, fiber optic uh, network. Uh, and what what we're seeing here from Telecom is that uh, to start with that their um, their their calling service will operate over the traditional uh, copper wire that people already have running into their uh, into their premises. Uh, which is yeah, that's, that's somewhat unusual, uh, and would would suggest to me that um, yeah, they're maybe not moving quite as quick as they they should be, considering some of the other providers uh, have been able to offer um, you know VoIP or um, you know voice over internet um, based calling sort of since the outset, and and some of those services have been around for uh, uh, you know for in the direction of a year or so now, so. I was talking to you about this last week, I think, and we were talking about the uh, copper overhead cable. And in Auckland, there's a rule that if you put a cable, one cable in overhead, you have to take one out. Uh, how do you see that affecting the average consumer, the average household? Yeah, well, in I mean, in some areas, it will rule telecom out from being able to uh, deliver service. So, yeah, one of the other things is telecom have said that they're they're only initially working with um, with uh, one. Of the uh, the providers of uh, of ultra fast broadband, or one of the local fibre companies, and of course there are four companies uh, around New Zealand that are providing uh, ultra fast broadband. Uh, we've got North Power Fibre, um, Chorus, which was originally part of part of Telecom, of course, um, and and split off uh, last year. Uh, ultra fast Fibre and Enable Network. So initially they're just working with Chorus. Uh, and yeah, so that a limits the number of areas that they can uh, that they can deliver to, uh, but you can sort of maybe understand why if they're not geared up to deliver calling um, in any other way other than over the the uh, existing copper cables. Well, that that copper is owned by Chorus, so they've got some sort of arrangement in place there. Um, but I have already heard of people that have uh, tried to order the uh, ultra-fast broadband service from telecom and being told, no, you can't have it because you've got a you know overhead um, you know connection to your to your house at the moment, and certainly the rules that we've heard of from uh, Auckland City Council are such that if a if a new uh, fibre optic internet connection goes to a, a house that's sort of you know strung off the uh, the you know the power line sort of thing, uh, that's an overhead uh, connection, uh, then when that goes in place, a copper uh, phone line has to be has to be taken out at the same time, uh, 
Uh, and in the case of a lot of uh, premises, there, there might not be, you know, extra sort of spare cables that can be run. Now, in the case uh, when I had this in, installed in Hearn Bay last year, uh, there were a bunch of copper cables running to the house and there was one that just wasn't getting used that got pulled out. Uh, so I could have uh, potentially... Uh, you know, still kept running with you know traditional you know phone and internet services alongside the ultra fast broadband. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's um, yeah potentially a bit of a downside. Now the other thing we're hearing is for the business connections from telecom uh, is that they can't offer a fixed IP address for their customers uh, yet, uh, and also they're not able to. Um, open up uh, full-blown email uh, services over their uh, connection. So customers that have their own email server that want to uh, send out uh, from those, uh, that, that uh, those communications are initially being blocked. So Is that just a matter of buying a chunk of chunk of like addresses or uh, what's happening there um i think this this is probably in the direction of what you were talking about before with that telecoms maybe just not quite as fast moving as what they <laughs> as what they should be at the moment because we look at other providers and they're able to uh, they're able to deliver this service and if we bear in mind that uh, for instance existing customers might already have these services with telecom they have a fixed ip address they're able to send email from their own for instance Microsoft Exchange server uh, that's on their premises uh, yeah this will um, you know so you would just be replacing that service with the ultra fast broadband but you won't be able to get the same functionality so uh, yeah it sounds like they've got a little bit of work there to do to sort of catch up um, and yeah th- this this sort of thing is concerning for telecom uh, you know I, I guess it's good that they didn't wait any longer to launch into the ultra fast broadband uh, but you know they're gonna they're gonna uh, cut a bit of flack I think for uh, uh, you know not having all of these things lined up just yet uh, but I guess you know it's it's good that they've that they haven't just sat on their hands for another sort of six months that they have gone ahead and and launched and they will certainly uh, pick up uh, you know quite a few customers and I think this is this is good also in terms of publicising uh, ultra fast broadband that uh, that telecom are on board with it. All right, uh, so that just about uh, brings us to the uh, the end of our agenda really for uh, for this week. Um, the other item that we were going to have a quick chat about is uh, is HD voice. Now, this is, um, as the name suggests, a sort of a higher definition or higher quality um, voice calling. And this is something that we're starting to see now um, rolling out in, um, in more international markets. And uh, the, the most recent we've heard is that um, AT&T in the US are going to start rolling this out. Now, it's a, um, it's a technology that requires the, the 4G LTE networks in order to uh, deliver it. Uh, but it's something that we would uh, certainly hope will be coming, uh, you know, coming down into the New Zealand market as well. So we end up getting that uh, uh, better voice quality. Uh, with the new 4G uh, 4G networks, and yeah, I think you know it's it's something that we should uh, we should expect and probably demand from our uh, our mobile carriers. We haven't heard anything uh, from them at at this stage about uh, delivering this type of uh, this type of calling, uh, but I think it it will bring some uh, um, benefits because you know everyone knows sometimes you just can't hear very clearly on uh, on a mobile. Yeah, so wideband audio, so it'd just be like mm. an HD stream of like a movie, but for your ears. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to point out, if you're asking, well, why do we care? Well, we're working on a podcast right here, right now, and, uh, and doing phone calls or over Skype, 
uh, things like that, it's uh, very difficult because the quality instantly uh, diminishes uh, when you're on a remote location. So w- having that kind of uh, wideband audio would be pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely, definitely helps, doesn't it? And uh, yeah, yeah, it's certainly something we've uh, yeah we've we've noticed with. Um, when we've recorded our phone calls in the past that it's uh, yeah it's somewhat disappointing yeah all right well that wraps us up for this week uh, thanks everyone for uh, for listening in uh, and we certainly would encourage you all to uh, to jump into nztechpodcast.com slash survey uh, and fill out the uh, the survey there you'd be doing us a huge favor um, and to uh, to thank you for that we have some great handsets to give away from uh, from two two degrees uh, Vodafone and telecom um, so Big thank you to uh, to them for supporting uh, the New Zealand Tech Podcast and uh, by uh, um, allowing us to share those uh, those review handsets uh, with the audience. So uh, yeah, thanks very much. We will catch you on the next episode. Now, quickly as we wrap up, Sim, where do we find you online? Uh, I write for Ideolog. That's I-D-E-A-L-O-G dot co.nz. We do have a competition running right now. That I want to what are you quickly. giving away? Uh, th- three six-month subscriptions to Spotify Premium. That's like $78 worth of music, and it's completely mobile and streaming. It's pretty awesome. Uh, all you have to do is go to ideologue.co.nz forward slash go forward slash Spotify, and it'll have all the details. You just sign up for our newsletter and then you go into the draw and the first 50 will get a free t-shirt anyway because we're awesome like that so go do that because you love us excellent <laughs> excellent thanks sim and on twitter your uh, semantics yep sim antics cool uh you can track me paul spain down on uh, on twitter also and i'm very easy to find just paul spain uh and uh you can also find usually all all of the, the guests but sim and i are on uh are on, it can be followed on um uh facebook and uh and on google plus uh, We've we, got a little community on uh, the NZ Tech podcast community. The NZ Tech, uh, yeah, community on uh, on Google Plus that we've just been dabbling with as well. So uh, yeah, feel free to follow us in uh, in those places, or of course you can find us online at nztechpodcast.com. All right, see you later. Bye.